The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. With community infections subsiding, we find out what experts are predicting for Singapore in the coming weeks. Phases 2 and 3 of the new Cross Island MRT line could have 11 stations in the west. Thinking of investing in property? We'll be looking at some big trends to watch for in 2022. You're watching The Big Story. I'm Olivia Quay. You can subscribe to The Straits Times channel so you never miss a single episode. Following the completion of whole genome sequencing to imported COVID-19 cases who were positive for the Omicron variant in preliminary tests have been confirmed to be indeed Omicron infections. The Health Ministry reporting yesterday that both cases are fully vaccinated and have mild symptoms of cough and a scratchy throat. They were isolated upon arrival in Singapore on December the 1st and had not interacted in the community. Meanwhile, four deaths and 662 new cases were confirmed yesterday. The cases comprising 638 in the community, 13 from the migrant worker dorms and 11 imported. Associate Professor Alex Cook, Vice Dean of Research at the Sourcewick Hawk School of Public Health, joins me now. Welcome back to the show, Prof. So, also yesterday, the ICU utilisation rate was at 48%, while the number of new cases has been below 1,000 for four straight days. MOH also said yesterday that the current wave of Delta cases is subsiding. So, all optimistic signs, fingers crossed, but what could happen if these trends continue? Well, what the last month or so has really shown us is that if we have vaccine differentiated measures and we've got five-person gatherings and we've got most people working from home and some quarantine isolation but fairly light touch, then under those conditions, the Delta variant cannot sustain itself once about 40% of the population have either been infected or had a booster shot, which is what we think the situation is just now. So as long as it's still the Delta variant which is spreading in the community, then we shouldn't have to tighten restrictions any further than they are at present. And in fact, um, I think that we can probably be bolder with the relaxation of restrictions since the move from two-person to five-person gatherings has not unduly affected the overall epidemic picture. Now, it could be, it probably will be, that as we relax more measures, the virus transmissibility will start to edge up again. It may well edge up above one. And if that happens, infections will start to grow again. But... We're currently still at a level far below that at which the health system is going to get threatened. So even if or when that happens, it doesn't mean that we need to tighten up measures again. Um, we can ride out any second wave um, as long as it's still the Delta variant, which is the dominant virus here. In other words, the situation is, is very favourable for reopening further as it stands. You brought up the infection growth rate earlier, which has been below one for the 24th day in a row. Well, MOH said yesterday that as the present wave subsides and infection numbers start to stabilise, Singapore can expect the ratio to trend towards one. Prof, help us make sense of that. If things stabilise, why would the week-on-week -week infection growth ratio return to one? 
Okay, so if the numbers are low and stable, then the weekly inflation growth rate should be equal to one. You can see why if you think of, imagine that we've, we've passed through the wave, we've not reopened any further, we've got 10 cases a day. Um, then um, if we've got 10 cases a day this week and we've got 10 cases a day next week, then that means we're in a stable situation. The epidemic's not growing or shrinking. The growth rate is one at that point because each case this week is matched with one case the following week. Um, but that situation, although it looks bad because the growth, when you look at the growth rate alone, actually is a better situation than we're in at present where the growth rate is below one, but the numbers of cases are in the hundreds. Um, and that's because the absolute number of infections is smaller. And more generally, the typical shape of an epidemic is like a bell curve. Uh, the, the growth rate is high when it's on the way up, it's above one. Um, when it reaches the peak of the epidemic, at that point, the growth rate is equal to one because the case is one week before the peak. One week after the peak is the same on average. But as we pass that peak and we start to come down again, then that's when the growth rate is, is going below one. Um, but at some point, it, the growth rate is going to get shallower and shallower as the epidemic flattens off. Um, and that's why the growth rate doesn't really matter so much when you get towards the end, because the cases are so small, it doesn't matter if the growth rate has now gone back to one, i.e. at that replacement level. Right. Well, Prof, currently the, dom the predominant strain in Singapore is the Delta variant, but I want to focus now on Omicron. Two preliminarily positive imported cases have been confirmed as Omicron infections. Early reports suggest Omicron is more transmissible but less severe. What are your projections? Should that creep into the community? How many Omicron cases a day should we expect at first? Well, the early period of any community transmission, that's the, the hardest to predict stage. Um, because there's so much luck involved, um, whether we miss that first case in entry and he or she goes off to infect people in the community, or whether that the first few cases are involved in any super spreading, like they go to a mall, they go to football matches. So um, we might get lucky in that we don't have Omicron for in the community for a while, or we might be unlucky. It might already be here in the community and spreading, and we just missed it so far. Either way, it will eventually reach our shores in the community. The million-dollar question is really what happens after it becomes established. So as you noted, it seems really clear when you look at the data from South Africa that the cases have really shot up over the last month. It's almost actually surpassed the first epidemic wave that they had in about half the time. And yet, you look at the South African data, the deaths remain very low. They barely moved since Omicron emerged. Um, and, and so far lower than what it was at previous uh, waves at the same point of those waves. Now, the Minister of Health in England has likewise claimed that of all the cases that they've been finding of Omicron, none of them so far needed to be hospitalised. So it seems that in the UK too, it's spreading quite well, despite the fact that in the UK, they've got fairly high immunity from previous infections and their vaccine coverage rate is not that far below ours. So if it is indeed much more transmissible than the Delta variant, but it's not increasing the risk of hospitalisation, then that means that when it reaches our community, we might expect... To, for a few things to happen. One, it would probably displace the Delta variant. It would potentially lead to a large wave of infections. But if these infections are quite mild, then there's no reason why that would necessitate us reimposing strict measures again. Um, and that's why we're looking very carefully at all of the reports internationally about the severity of the Omicron variant, because that's going to be the key to understanding our prospects over the months ahead. Thank you so much for those insights. Associate Professor Alex Cook from NUS's Sauce Week Hawk School of Public Health.